one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him, one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord, he said in reply. He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and giving it to his disciples, said, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you from now on, I shall not drink this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you new in the kingdom of my Father. Then, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. <clears throat> then Jesus said to them, This night all of you will have your faith in me shaken, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be dispersed. But after I have been raised up, I shall go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him in reply, Though all may have their faith in you shaken, mine will never be. Jesus said to him, Amen, I say to you, this very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I should have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples spoke likewise. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. 
Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again. My father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who had come from the chief priests and the elders of the people. His betrayer had arranged a sign with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him. Immediately he went over to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus answered him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then stepping forward, they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to his sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call upon my father? And he will not provide me at this moment with more than 12 legions of angels. But then, how would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must come to pass in this way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? Day after day I sat teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me. But all this has come to pass, that the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had arrested Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. Peter was following him at a distance as far as the high priest's courtyard, and going inside, he sat down with the servants to see the outcome. The chief priest in the entire Sanhedrin kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and stated, The high priest rose and addressed him. Have you no answer? 
What are these men testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. Then the high priest said to him, I order you to tell us under oath before the living God whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him in reply, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need have we of witnesses? You have now heard the blasphemy. What is your opinion? They said in reply, He deserves to die. Then they spat in his face and struck him, while some slapped him, saying, Prophecy for us, Christ. Who is this Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. One of the maids came over to him and said, But he denied it in front of everyone, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. As he went out to the gate, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. Again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later the bystanders came over and said to Peter, At that he began to curse and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the cock crows you will deny me three times. He went out and began to weep bitterly. When it was morning all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned, deeply regretted what he had done. He returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? Look at yourself. Flinging the money into the temple, he departed and went off and hanged himself. The chief priest gathered up the money, but said, Is it not lawful to deposit this in the temple treasury, for it is the price of blood? After consultation, they used it to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why that field, even today, is called the field of blood. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the value of a man with a price on his head, a price set by some of the Israelites, and they paid it out for the potter's field, just as the Lord had commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and he questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said. You say so. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he made no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they are testifying against you? But he did not answer him one word, so that the governor was greatly amazed. 
Now on the occasion of the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the crowd one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had assembled, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed him over. While he was still seated on the bench, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with it, righteous man. I suffered much in a dream today because of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas, but to destroy Jesus. The governor said to them in reply, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They answered, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. But he said, Why? What evil has he done? They only shouted the louder. Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he was not succeeding at all, but that a riot was breaking out instead, he took water and washed his hands in the sight of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. Look to it yourselves. And the whole people said in reply, Then he released Barabbas to them, but after he had Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus inside the praetorium and gathered the whole cohort around him. They stripped off his clothes and threw a scarlet military cloak about him. Waving a crown out of thorns, they placed it on his head and a reed in his right hand. In kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Then they spat upon him and took the reed and kept striking him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the cloak, dressed him in his own clothes, and led him off to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a Cyrenian named Simeon. This man was pressed into service to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave Simon they gave Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he had tasted it, he refused to drink. After they had crucified him, they divided his garments by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And they placed over his head the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. Those passing by reviled him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself if you are the Son of God and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priest with the scribes and elders mocked him and said, He saved others, he cannot save himself, so he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him from He wants him. He said, I am the Son of God. The revolutionaries who were crucified with him also kept abusing him in the same way. From noon onward, 
darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders who heard it said, This one is calling for Elisha. Immediately, one of them ran to get a sponge. He soaked it in wine, and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the rest said, Wait, let us see if Elijah comes to save him. But Jesus cried out again in a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, rocks were split, tombs were opened, and the bodies of many saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming forth from their tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and the men with him who were keeping watch over Jesus feared greatly when they saw the earthquake and all that was happening, and they said, There were many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee ministering to him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who was himself a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be handed over. Taking the body, Joseph wrapped it in clean linen and laid it in his new tomb that he had hewn in the rock. Then he rolled a huge stone across the entrance to the tomb and departed. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remained sitting there facing the tomb. The next day, the one following the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Pilate said to them, The guard is yours. Go, secure it as best you can. So they went and secured the tomb by fixing a seal to the stone and setting the guard. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. It is easy for us to be critical of those disciples. 
those 12 men who were the closest to Jesus, how quickly they seemed to flee from his side. But maybe we need to take a moment and put ourselves into their shoes. After all, just not even a week before that was the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Jesus, of course, being on the donkey, riding in the, through the gate, people waving palms in the air, shouting Hosanna, people putting cloaks on the ground in front of him, and you can picture the disciples following close behind, just taking it all in, thinking, isn't it so good that we are the best friends of this man who people are claiming is king and showing so much adulation? But as I said, less than a week goes by. And after celebrating the Passover together and spending that night in prayer in that Garden of Gethsemane, all of a sudden, here comes a crowd of soldiers from the chief priests. And they put their hands on Jesus and arrest him. And Matthew tells us, and the disciples fled. All of them ran for their lives. Instead of standing by their Lord, their rabbi, they fled. Peter at least seemed to hold back a little bit and eventually got close enough to the courtyard of the high priest. But even Peter, when challenged by people that said, wait a minute, you were with him, you're one of them. And he denied even knowing who Jesus was three times. And he went off to weep bitterly. And of course, the disciple who betrayed Jesus went and hung himself because of the despair he saw that Jesus was now being condemned. So it's easy to see how the disciples would do this. Because after all, not only was Jesus condemned to death, but he was condemned to death in the most cruel manner of execution humanity has ever devised. Crucifixion. It is not a quick death. It is a painful death. It is a torturous death. Jesus not only endured that pain and suffering, but he also endured the pain of being abandoned by his closest friends and being all alone on that walk up the hill of Calvary. So the disciples look at this, this cross and say, what good can come out of this? It's time for us to cut and run. But of course, we know the answer to that question. We know that the resurrection follows the cross. We know that in three days, Jesus will be raised from the dead. Throw open the gates of heaven to welcome us into eternal life. So we can look upon the cross as a sign of victory. Victory over sin and death. But I think one of the mistakes that we can tend to make is looking upon the cross and only seeing that. Because this is still 
an instrument of torture and of death. We need to take some time this Holy Week and meditate on what Jesus was willing to go through to save us all. What he was willing to go through to offer us the gift of forgiveness of sins. He was willing to go through that mock trial, be falsely accused, be beaten within, within an inch of his death, and then made to carry his own instrument of execution up that hill of Calvary and stretch out his arms and having those nails hammered into his flesh and then be hung up upon that cross for some three hours until the sheer, the sheer agony and led to his death. We need to be reminded, and I think Holy Week is a good week to do so. This is what Jesus was willing to do for us. In God's plan, it took the crucifixion to bring redemption and salvation. Maybe it's because this is the most heinous way to take a person's life. All of the sin, the suffering, the betrayal, that is part of our human family's history was taken up to that cross. And the other thing we need to remember, the same Lord that was willing to carry that cross up Calvary is the same Lord that is with us as we carry our crosses with us. We don't know how God will make good come out of our crosses, but because of what he did with this cross, we know he can do just that. And so as we continue this Holy Week, let us take some time and meditate on the sufferings of Jesus. The cross is, is a sign of victory, but it also shows how much he was willing to endure for us all to offer us salvation. We not only give thanks to him for being willing to do so, but we also thank him as he accompanies us as we carry our own crosses. Redemption does follow the cross. Salvation does follow the cross. But we have to surrender to God just as Jesus did.